Bible reading is from Joel chapter 2, verses 28 to 32, page 914 in our church Bibles. And afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, as Joe said earlier, today is Advent Sunday. And I've always found Advent a bit of a confusing time. I'll explain why in a minute. Let's just bow our heads for a prayer. Lord, I pray that you'd come by your Holy Spirit. Help me to speak. And give us all ears to hear your voice. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I've often found Advent confusing because it's a reflection on two events. The first, of course, is the birth of Jesus. We heard the children telling us that we Advent is sort of counting the days down to Christmas. The incarnation, when God came to earth in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. That's what we celebrate particularly, of course, at Christmas. But the second event that we reflect on in Advent is the return of Jesus in the future. What some people call Jesus' return or the second coming, which the Bible tells us quite clearly will happen at some time in the future. And when I think of those two things, the the birth of Jesus on the one hand, his life and death, and then his return sometime in the future on the other hand, I I can feel a little bit as if I'm in no man's land, in in the middle. Because in one sense, it seems that I've I've missed the bus. Jesus has come and gone 2,000 years ago. It must have been amazing, mustn't it, to actually have been alive when Jesus walked the earth and to walk with him and to see him calming the storm, miraculous healings, feeding the 5,000, water into wine, raising Lazarus from the dead... And most of all, listening to the words of Jesus actually fall from his lips. But that was a long time ago. I certainly missed the bus on that one. And although Jesus could return tomorrow, he really could, we have no idea when he will, he might be another thousand years coming. After all, for the last 2,000 years, the number of his followers has been growing spectacularly. So that today, it's all started with 12, but today it numbers 
2 point something billion people. It's amazing, isn't it? We simply don't know when Jesus will return. So maybe I'm too early. Maybe my life is being lived too early. I'm not going to see Jesus in this lifetime. I might, but maybe I won't. And so when I reflect on those two events, it feels like I might have fallen between the two stools. The event of Jesus' birth and the day when he'll come again. I want his presence, but I want to be with him, but that was in the past a long time ago, and it's in an unknown time in the future. So what are we to make of Advent? How are we to draw closer to God through Advent? Well, the other reason why Advent can be quite confusing as well is that it's in the run-up to Christmas. And I don't know about you, but it's a time when, for many of us, we are under huge pressures. Our time is under pressure. I was talking to a teacher two days ago who told me that although it's true that technically teachers get long holidays, in actual fact, with having to polish off the term, then get everything ready for Christmas, and then you've got all the events around family and friends and what have you, and then you've got to prepare for the next term, that really the, number, the amount of time you actually get to rest and relax is very, very little over the Christmas period. That might ring a bell with some others too. Our money's under huge pressure. The pressure to buy wonderful presents advertised by John Lewis on the television. The extra money spent on festive food and drink, on cards, on travelling between family members, and it goes on and on. Our relationships can be under pressure. For some families, it maybe isn't an issue. But for many And perhaps where children are shared between mum and dad who are in different locations or where there's been a relationship breakdown in the past and everyone gets thrown together at Christmas, it can be highly stressful. Our jobs can be under huge pressure. And I'm not just talking about vicars (laughs) who may feel a little under pressure around Christmas. But those in caring professions, those or retail and food outlets, emergency services, industrial plants that run 24-7, 365 days a year. For many people, they're absent from their families at times when their families would really like them to be around. And on top of all of that, for some people, they're struggling with illness, with homelessness, with joblessness, with poverty, with bereavement and more. How do we as Christians cope with life at this time? Because with all these pressures, we can feel far from God, far from prayer, remote perhaps from Christian fellowship, far from Jesus, far from peaceful in this season of peace. But actually, there's very, very good news. It turns out that we haven't missed the bus, and we haven't jumped the gun, and we haven't fallen between two stools. And the reason we haven't is because of what the prophet Joel reminds us in our reading this morning. That in addition to the time when Jesus lived on earth, and in addition to the time when he will return, he will, he has come again. If you like, there is a third coming of Jesus. I won't call it the third coming though, because it comes between the first and the second coming, and that would be very, very confusing. But actually, it's really, really important. The word of God through the prophet Joel makes it clear. Let's look at our reading. 
it's on page 914 of our church Bibles, or it's just the passage itself is in a service sheet. The prophet Joel begins in verse 28, and afterwards I will pour out my spirit on all people. And what we're talking about here is what the prophet Joel, as long ago as about 900 BC, prophesied, which is that God promised that there would be a time when he, God, would send his Holy Spirit into the hearts of all believers, the coming of the Holy Spirit. And about 900 years, just over 900 years after this was written down, on the day of Pentecost, described in the New Testament in the book of Acts, this event actually took place in the temple grounds in Jerusalem when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the believers as they gathered near the temple to pray just 10 days after the ascension when Jesus returned to his heavenly Father. And what Jesus had told his disciples just a few weeks before this event was that the Holy Spirit was his spirit. That he would come back to them as the Holy Spirit. In the Gospel of John, in chapter 14, Jesus tells his disciples the night before his crucifixion, and while explaining to them all about the Holy Spirit, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come back to you. In other words, Jesus identifies himself with the person of the Holy Spirit. It is the Spirit of Jesus. He is the Holy Spirit of Jesus. And this is such good news because it means that we reflect, as we reflect on the birth of Jesus, on the incarnation and of of him coming into the world, and as we reflect on the time when Jesus will return, we know that we are not without Jesus now. That in fact, Jesus is not only with us, he's in our very hearts when we believe in him. And that makes all the difference in the world. God has given us the Holy Spirit of Jesus. And for me, that now makes perfect sense of Advent. Because when I view the birth of Jesus coming into the world and his future return in person, in the light of his presence with us now, by his Spirit, then I see the wonderful sweep of God's sovereign plan for the world, for humanity. In response to human sinfulness, Jesus came into the world and inaugurated his kingdom during his lifetime. He ushered it in. Everywhere he went, he told people, the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is is at hand. Through his death on the cross, he carried the sins of the world. He made a way for all who believe in him to be reconciled to God, to be given the Holy Spirit of Jesus and to be marked for eternal life. And one day when he returns, his kingdom will come in completeness. No more crying, no more death, no more pain, no more broken relationships, no more war, no more torture, no more trafficking, no more evil. And in the meantime, we live in the age of the Spirit, given to believers who are to live as kingdom people, to be lights, as Joe was showing us, in a dark world, to point the world to the source of love and hope and joy and peace, Jesus himself. Well, 
all that sounds wonderful. But how does that help me in the run-up to Christmas? When I'm stressed out, I'm running from pillar to post, I'm dreading the in-laws coming, there's no money left in the bank account, the credit card's bulging, whatever it is for you, how does that help us? Is the Holy Spirit more than just a theological idea? Does the Spirit of Jesus really make a difference? Well, let's look a bit further into this passage. Joel says, I will, God speaking through the prophet Joel says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. What will happen? Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. What will happen when God pours out his spirit on all people? Well, the first thing to note is the all. The spirit is not just for super spiritual people. He's for everyone. Young and old, sons and daughters, servants as well as masters. The Holy Spirit is for every believer. And that means you and it means me. The Apostle Peter confirmed this on the day of Pentecost when he said to the crowd after the Spirit had been poured out, he said that the Spirit will be given to their children's children and to all whom the Lord our God will call. In other words, all believers for all time. That's you and me. That's very good news. Secondly, the prophet tells us that the Holy Spirit will help us to share God's love with the world. He'll give us prophetic words to speak. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy, he says. And this is confirmed in the Gospel of Luke when Jesus tells his disciples that after he's gone, they'll face many trials, but not to worry about what to say, because he will give them words and wisdom. Well, the only way he can do that is through his spirit, the spirit of Jesus living in them. Joel tells us that the Spirit will will guide us and show us the way through dreams and visions. And in verse 30, he talks about wonders in the heavens and on the earth. And of course, some of the kinds of, of signs and wonders that Jesus did when he was alive during his ministry, such as healings and deliverance, carried on through the early church and right through church history up to and including the present day. So in short... The Spirit is not just a theological idea. The Spirit has power. The Spirit empowers the lives of believers. And as we struggle with life's challenges, as we try to live out our lives as disciples of Jesus, we can only do that by the Spirit enabling us. But we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul, writing to the Ephesians, told them, Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that verb isn't just a one-off experience he's talking about. It means literally, go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. Be filled with the Spirit. So how do we do that? If we are sitting here today and we don't feel very Spirit-filled or very powerful, how are we to do that? Well, Jesus has given us the answer. And the answer is to ask him for that. To say, Lord Jesus, please fill me with your Holy Spirit. 
We can ask others to pray for us to be filled with the Spirit. In the confirmation service, the bishop lays hands on each candidate. And he says, confirm on each candidate, he says, confirm your Holy Spirit on this your servant. We can pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit and we need to go on asking. I've taken so much delight over recent years seeing people's faith come alive, seeing their lives being changed and transformed by the Spirit of Jesus here at St. Matthew's. I won't name any names, but and in many cases the Alpha Course has been actually instrumental in facilitating that with a special focus of the Spirit during the day away. But I've seen elderly people who've come to St. Matthew's suffering profound grief subsequently having their lives restored and their faith come alive by the power of the Spirit of Jesus in their hearts. And in this same chapter, God speaks of the restoration through the prophet Joel. He says, return to me with all your heart and I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. God loves us. We may have terrible hurts in the past or even in the present, but his will is to heal and restore us and lead us on in the power of his spirit. And I've also seen young people here at St. Matthew's in their teens with their hearts set on fire by the Holy Spirit. Some of them stood at the front of church three or four weeks ago and told us how God's love is transforming their lives. I was at Mind the Gap our 11 to 14s youth group, on this Friday night. 27 teenagers sat attentively as we discussed how the love of Jesus can help them in their lives, in their school lives, in their home lives. We need to daily ask to be filled with his spirit. Dr. Christina Baxter, the principal of St. John's College Nottingham, or she's the ex-principal of St. John's College Nottingham, but she was principal when I was studying theology there. An amazing woman of God, a really anointed preacher. She used to tell us students um, that the most important prayer that she prayed every day of her life without fail before she went to bed was, Lord, fill me with your spirit to equip her for the following day. Because she said she needed the love of God in her heart. And it certainly seemed that the Spirit powerfully worked in her life. And we all need to. We all need the Holy Spirit. John Stott, the great preacher and Bible scholar, said, What we need is not more learning, not more eloquence, not more persuasion, not more organisation, but more power from the Holy Spirit. The theologian A.W. Tozer wrote, The church has tragically neglected this great and liberating truth that there is now for the child of God a full and wonderful and completely satisfying anointing with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit-filled life, he wrote, is not a special deluxe edition of Christianity. It is part of the total plan for God's people. And so we need to be praying that prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. It's known as the oldest prayer in the church in reference to the ten days between the Ascension and Pentecost when the disciples were gathered 
waiting for Jesus to send his Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Jesus promises to give us his Spirit when we ask him. In the Gospel of Luke, he says, How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So just have a think for a moment. Let's just have, in the next five seconds of quiet, ask yourself, how often do I pray that prayer? Fill me with your spirit or come Holy Spirit. Just think about that. So this is the prayer that God wants us to pray. Jesus wants us to pray. So this Advent, let's all determine to pray that prayer daily. Let's ask God to go on filling us with his Holy Spirit. The missionary Simon Gilbo says, you've either got it, or you want it, or you're happy without it. This Advent, let's not be happy without it, without the Spirit of Jesus. Let's acknowledge that we have the Spirit of Jesus in part, but that we very, very much want more of him. And let's plan to share with one another how his Spirit has transformed our Advent experiences over the coming weeks. I'm going to suggest we we just stand now and pray. Would Would you like to stand? And I'm going to ask the music group to come up and uh, just prepare to lead us in our next song.